My Story, an Autobiography of a Homosexual Christian by Derek Michael Shaw Episode 23, A Forgotten Anniversary Chapter 15, 2017 January 2017, I put an ad on Craigslist for a sex weekend on January 21st and 22nd. I'd had enough of Tracy and his friend with benefits. Really, though, it was a plea to find someone to experience all my sexual fantasies and preferences with, and maybe also make Tracy jealous in the process. I got a couple of responses, but nothing that I was interested in. And so, that weekend passed by without any sex for me. I had wanted a sexcation, a vacation of sex, because Tracy was going to hang out with Scott for that weekend and they planned to have sex. Something very odd occurred a few months later. I created a Grindr profile, that's the gay hookup app, and I had actually said I would just use it to find friends, which is what Tracy had done with Manhunt in 2016 to find Scott. I admit that most people on Grindr are looking for sex, but it does allow other preferences, such as chat, networking, friends, or relationships but Tracy had a problem with me using Grinder at all. He could never really explain his rationale, but he was too uncomfortable with me using Grinder. It seemed very hypocritical of him to say I couldn't look for sex when he had already found someone to have sex with, but he assured me they weren't having sex very often, and so I backed off once again. Ultimately, looking back, I see how ludicrous this was. There was a huge double standard that developed in our relationship. But once again, I was willing to do just about anything to keep Tracy happy and to keep this relationship. I did get Tracy to promise that he would tell me when he had sex outside the relationship. It was the one rule we had in our open relationship. Our relationship wasn't really open, though. I wasn't actually hooking up, and we weren't actually talking about things. I couldn't express or find what I wanted, and Tracy wasn't saying much of anything. Another interesting note, Tracy had never given me access to his phone or laptop. I didn't know his passcodes or passwords. He had been in my phone since the fingerprint passcode debuted on iPhone. So sometime in 2016, after my cheating incident, on the second day I had my new iPhone 6, I took his thumb and gave him access to my phone because I wanted to establish that he could trust me and I didn't have anything to hide. He claimed by keeping his password secret, it preserved his personal space. But I always felt that he had something he couldn't or wouldn't share with me. Maybe he had a weird fetish, or he was going on real dates with other guys. He said I was being paranoid and that plenty of couples don't share their passwords. I disagreed, but could never convince him otherwise. To me, it just seems unhealthy for a couple in a nine-year relationship that own a house, credit cards, and bank accounts together to not share their phone passcodes. But this is just another example of our conflicting attachment styles and the problems in our relationship. Sometime in the spring of 2017, Tracy did ecstasy with Scott for the second time. This time, he took a lot of supplements and made sure to stay hydrated and eat well so he recovered much better than the first time. I once again brought up the fact that we should do some, but Tracy brushed aside the request. I knew now not to push Tracy, 
he would say I was just being unreasonable and I needed to be patient, or it would just start a big fight. And I still figured Tracy realized how important it was for me to do it with him. But maybe he didn't even realize what his drug use was doing to us and our relationship. May 2017, I was still looking for some type of hookup, but I actually only wanted Tracy to want to have sex with me. He was now having a hard time reaching climax when we were together. Often, he wouldn't ejaculate at all. I was always paranoid about it, thinking I was underperforming or he was jerking off too much. Truly, we had very little sex during 2017. He continually blamed it on his class schedule and his coursework. Actually, let me rephrase that. I had very little sex in 2017. I'm actually not sure how much sex Tracy had since I knew he was getting it with Scott. I knew the lack of sex was a part of our relationship problems, but I knew Tracy wouldn't go to counseling with me. How did I know? I had asked him at the start of 2016, after my cheating incident, and at the start of 2017, after I had my miserable New Year's Eve. He had declined both times, saying he just didn't see a future for us. In my misery, I accepted that response. I also didn't see the benefit of going to counseling myself. And so I just took whatever sex crumbs he would give me. And I still just thought he was masturbating a lot because he had always masturbated a lot. Of course, he was still seeing Scott a few times a month, often on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday night. It seemed like Scott got whatever free time Tracy had to give. I got Tracy on the car rides into work, at dinners that I usually made, and right before bed. Dinner and that snack before bed was generally just watching a Netflix show together. I also played Texas Hold'em poker on one of the weekend nights, primarily as a way to give Tracy the space he was always requesting. And I gave him occasional body massages, as that seemed to be the one thing that could ease the tension between us. The first half of 2017 can be summed up like this. I was giving, Tracy was taking, and our relationship was breaking. Over the summer, he stressed me out even more when he started legitimately thinking about a graduate degree in history. I was never supportive of that, mainly because I could see how talented he was as a graphic designer, and I couldn't stomach more years of him neglecting me for some other school priority. We had talked about me changing careers or going back to school once he had gotten his bachelor's degree. That was a very low priority for Tracy, and ultimately for me as well, since I didn't know what my passions were or what I would do instead of finance. June 2017, Tracy took a trip with Scott to the Oregon coast. They did ecstasy together for the third time. They also had sex while on ecstasy, and Tracy told me about it. I was very hurt at this point. It was being confirmed over and over that Tracy didn't care about me and he wasn't listening to my wants or needs. But I had a hard time bringing up how disappointed I was because it would have just started another fight. And I had started all of this by cheating in the first place, right? July 2017, Jonathan and Kendra announced they were pregnant with their second child. I was so happy for them. And yet it was also another reminder of how bad things were in my own relationship, because children, something I had always dreamed of, 
seemed like an impossibility. All Tracy or I was concerned about was getting Tracy to graduation. And at this point, I was convinced he would leave me once he got his degree. August 7th and 8th, 2017, a full lunar eclipse passed over Oregon. Scott wanted to be in the path of the total obstruction, and Tracy was able to get out of class, so they went with a few other friends to a viewing area south of Portland. I stayed in town because I had to work, so I experienced the eclipse by stepping outside for a few minutes as the eclipse happened. I think there was sex involved for Tracy and Scott, but he never told me about it. I only received two cards from Tracy in all of 2017. One was on my birthday, August 30th, 2017, and it read, Happy 37th. Happy birthday, Derek. I love you and am lucky to celebrate your 37th year with you. Love, Tracy. The other card was given to me on our ninth anniversary, October 17th, 2017. To Derek on our ninth anniversary, not many things in life last as long as nine years. Most jobs don't last as long, and friendships are wonderful when they survive more than a couple of years. It is an accomplishment for us to have been together for nine years then, but also because of everything we've experienced in those years has made sticking it out worthwhile. Of course, we've had troubles and difficult times, but they have been met face on and we're still here today. Celebrate this joint accomplishment we must, if only to be a reminder of what we have done and been together. I love and appreciate everything you have given to our relationship, and am so grateful to have you in my life. You're the best, most caring, and considerate person I know, and I love you. Happy anniversary. I'm not sure how many cards I wrote for Tracy in 2017. I remember giving him one for his birthday, and maybe one or two others. I distinctly remember not giving him an anniversary card. This was another huge red flag in my life because I've always been the one to send cards or emails or call. The excuse I used was that I was too busy with work and keeping the house running. But honestly, I just didn't know what to write. I was feeling too taken advantage of, too hurt and abused on our ninth anniversary. I was suspicious of Tracy and his ongoing relationship with Scott. Up to this point, Tracy had only told me of five times that he and Scott had sex together. They had also done ecstasy together at least three times. And looking back, they had several dates in 2017. They had been hanging out for more than a year, and yet he was a mystery to me as we had never met or interacted. Deep down, I knew there was more going on, but I didn't want to admit that the relationship was over or that Tracy was lying to me. I didn't want to admit my failure or admit the importance of my relationship with Tracy. I had given up my family, my friends, my God, and myself to hold on to this, and I didn't know what it would take for things to change. Next time on My Story, Episode 24, What Do I Want?